listening to a different sound. There are so many songs in this earth, uh, in this world, but God gave us a, a song that is certain. There are so many uncertain songs, but this is the only song that, that is certain. And it behooves to us to look into it and to listen to it and only listen to it because that's the only song that one day going to bring us to the body change. We're so thankful for that. I have uh, Brittany uh, just mentioned to me, Sister Roxanne is here. What a surprise. Uh, the Lord bless you, Sister Roxanne. I guess that's your sister. Amen. Well, good to see everyone here. It's good to have somebody come from home. And, uh, <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um, I just uh, want to thank you again, um, Brother Harold. Uh, Brother uh, Ed uh, has been uh, uh, invited me to coming over to share in the words at the different reports in, in China. Uh, that was a phenomenal meal last night. I don't know if Sister Sandy is uh, here. I was uh, really, uh, I, I eat over my limits, and I hardly ever do that. But. Uh, <laughs> And that thing, that, that meal lasted me the, uh, last night and this morning. I can hardly eat a lunch almost. Uh, but to thank you for the hospitality. And every one of them, I just pray the Lord to uh, put the double blessings on you. And, um, you know, when I shared the testimony about uh, uh, in China and in different places, uh, uh, what is the Lord doing? That's not to put us into bondage. But that's to encourage us. We can always do something more. Right. And that's uh, uh, our whole walk with the Lord is, Lord, is there something that we can do? Amen. And a whole walk with the Lord, there, Lord, there's a still room for me to grow. And that when we grow the last inch, we go into the heavenly realm together with our Lord. But while we're still on this earth, we still have the battle to fight. And we still have a life to live. But we live for Jesus Christ. And we do everything that we can to further the kingdom of God. And you won't be regretted. And I can assure you one thing, you won't be regretted. It's not only just in that moment when the Lord coming away, wipe out our tears, we can see that it's worth it all. Even right on this earth, the Lord has said, that whoever that you for the gospel's sake, that you leave your father, you leave your mother, your sister, and there's no one without getting the hundredfold in this earth and be persecuted. But we thank the Lord every time when the trial come, God is always there waiting for us. He said, if you trust me, and I will bless you. I will take you out of that. So if we can just turn to the scripture, uh, book of uh, um, Gospel of John, chapter 14. Gospel of John, chapter 14. Uh, just one verse, verse 30. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and has nothing in me. Let's bow our head. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as is always a nervous has come, Lord, before this blood purchased the one, Lord, because they are the one that you consider the so precious that you even send your son and shed your own blood on Calvary, went through all the suffering, is because you want to purchase and redeem this children of God. So, Lord, I commit myself into your hands. Ask your presence to come, Lord, to take your word and minister to the needs of the people. 
Lord, we're not coming here to see man because man, there's nothing good about it. But Lord, we're coming to see you. So Lord, we just pray you let it expound your word to us because we know your word, one word from you will satisfy us. Lord, just take the one touch from the Lord that will meet every person's need. Because, Lord, you're the one that worth it to worship. You're the one that we put our whole heart to because you're the one that redeemed us. We thank you, Lord. We just uh, committed the service into our hands. Ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And I think that we all, uh, it doesn't even take the revelation that we know that we're uh, living in that an end time. And if you go to the, the churches, uh, no matter what church you go to, uh, you go to the, the churches then in here, uh, the churches in uh, uh, Vancouver in our area, and that I go to the, the churches that even in China, uh, which I cannot go right now. But to the before, when I go, you know, you go to the denominational church, uh, almost all the people that we saw, they all realize this is an end time. But uh, to realize this at the one time, it's not to the cure. To realize this one time, they just, you know something went wrong. But uh, to fix it, that takes a master to do that. Because no one can do that but only the Lord Jesus Christ. We reveal the word in this hour to us. That's the only cure. That's the only remedy that uh, can bring us out of this uh, mess. But you see, even when the church there in the uh, uh, to go to the different churches that I, I witnessed, uh, the, the, the people, you know, they have a heart for the Lord. Some of them are very sincere. Uh, but it seems like they just uh, don't have an uh, ability to reach it. Uh, and that when you start sharing the message, which is the only tool that it can reach to the heavenly realm, the only tool that can fix their problem, but they don't want it. Because, uh, and then I realized that people, is not people don't want God. People don't want it the way that God provided for them to know Him. Uh, everybody wanted to go to heaven, but God paved the road to heaven. Nobody wanted uh, because they just want their own way. And so, uh, you know, more you're, um, we're walking on this road, the more you find out that the people tend to be that way. And that I hate to say this, but you're, uh, if you're in the message long enough, you'll find out that the people start to figure out their own way that it go to heaven. They figured out their own way how to explain that the message and said that, you know, the message means this and the message means that. The message means exactly what he has has been brought to us. And according to the prophet has to give it to us. So if we're not attempting, tempering it, just live it as it is, believe it as it is, God don't require us to change the message. God required us to change our attitude toward the message. As long as we have... Um, you know, to believe that a message is not something that is complicated. To believe that a message is, is very easy to do. And if you just don't temper it, become complicated, it's because the people start to hybriding it, start to add a little bit here, add, uh, or take it away a little bit there. That makes the whole picture uh, become a weird. You know, it's become like uh, Brother Bram said, it's become a, a cow is picking grass uh, uh, on the tree. But if you just uh, keep the cow on the, on the ground, uh, they would pick it up right. But uh, the people, they try to make something uh, more, uh, what they call a supernatural or more, uh, you know, strange way. Uh, you know, I'm just a simple person. Whatever the prophet has said, let's just believe it. And you say, that, well, well, now it seems like it has no effect. It doesn't work. Let the word take its time. 
that the word take its course. It will take effect in your life. Just don't be hurried about it. Just believe what is the word has said. But you see, that's in this um, in this uh, the church world, uh, you witness the things that uh, the church, they can be more eloquent, more talkative about it, but they have uh, no power. They have uh, no life uh, that is in them. And more and more you will find out that this starts to sipping through in the message realm. People started talking about uh, the word, but there's no power. People start to uh, talk about uh, intellectually about uh, the message in this hour, but there's uh, no manifestation of it. I'm not only talking about uh, the miracles of science and healing of that. I'm talking about uh, transforming your nature. I'm, trying, I'm talking to something that has uh, got a hold of you. Your whole desire is for the Lord. Your whole passion is for the Lord. Your whole zeal is for the Lord. You can go to jail for the word of God. You can be sitting, uh, sitting in there, work your day, work your brain out uh, 12 hours a day. But when you're coming out, you're stronger than ever. That's what we need. And that's what the message is supposed to produce. And it will produce if you gave yourself to it. Let me say this. If you put all of you, if you received the word in this hour, just as those brothers in China received the word in this hour, put you into that same condition, you will come out just like them. There's no difference. The reason is the faith to the word of God has no difference. You believe the same word that they believe, you will come out the same way that they will come out. Brother Bram said uh, in the How Can I Overcome, he said that's the way that Christians are becoming. They have been dead in sin and trespasses so long till they become a doty. And the reason he said this is because one day he went out on the trip in the woods and he saw the big log that was on there as it looked like a big old beach log. And he was stepping on it, jump on it. And then a great chunk fell all of it. And so he said he was a real rotten and doughty. And Brother Bram said, he said, that's the way the Christian has becoming. You know, the Christian used to be rugged. Christian used to be uh, things that happened that uh, doesn't bother them. Christian that used to be that on the gate of a beautiful, when they saw there was a man that was a cripple at the end of his ankle, they said, the silver and the gold, we don't have none, but what we have, we'll give it to you. And that's the rockiest Christian. But as the time goes on, the little they see in church age, which is the softest and the most pressurized age in this, uh, in this hour, it makes the people become a doughty. It makes the, the people become a, a, like um, a soft and why they become softly? Because the life went out of them. The trade, if they just planted it at a river and the winter cannot kill them, summer cannot burn them because they have a life in it. But when it was cut off and it sat out of the river, they were just like a dead log sitting in that river. They, they rotten twice as fast. And that's, just, that's like the church. And then he said that they can hold no weight at all. He said, um, he said that they don't know what the overcoming means. And I began to think of this text and overcome. Keep life in you. When life went out, that's what brought that log to that condition. The message doesn't preach, uh, the message doesn't produce a big head. You understand that? <laughs> the message produces a big faith. The message produces a big life. The message will produce a rocket or Christian. 
That's what is this message supposed to produce. And if we keep preaching it, if we keep believing that, that's what is the message producing in our adults' life. That's the message we're producing in our younger generation's life. Generation after generation, if this message keep going, if Lord Terry, that same power that put that was on Brother Harold Hillebrand, that will be the same power, that will be the same life on you adults, Brother Marion, and that it will be the same life that on you, Johnny, that will be the same life on our kids, on our children, because that message has never changed. But when the life come out of it, that's the church become a doty. That it cannot hold weight. If there's any weight here, age, I will say this is the age. You, you talk about the, the, the ages before. Yeah, they're, they're a horse and buggy age. Yeah, they have uh, uh, the, the, the mothers that they have to go out to the, get a bucket. Uh, and I was so, so blessed that uh, uh, Brother uh, Ed's uh, um, uh, grand, uh, mother shared with me about how she came out from uh, uh, the Ukraine and went to the Germany and the, the king, end up over here. And I was saying, you know, God protect his own seed. And no matter how it seems like the contrary, the, the situation becomes how hard it looks like, but God always keeps his seed. He's a predestinated seed. And then, uh, but you see, you find out that this age become a more pressure than ever. Though those age that the people there, they're all get physical and have to go through the rough time. They have to dodge from bomb after bomb and the war after war. But if I will compare, I will say this hour that we're living in, probably more harsh than what they has went through. Because there's a more pressure that has come in this age. And in this age, there is more things that you can get. And yet, it seems like that the people get nothing. It seems like the people are reaching out for their everything just on your tip, tip of a finger. And it seems like you just push the button, then the clothes are the wash. You push the button, the dishes was washed. And you, you flip it a few fingers, and the tax was it used to be after the letter has to send it for us to take it up a day, say, if not by weeks or months for the letter to arrive. But now it's just on your fingertip. But that brings the pressure to this generation. And then the pressure, the weight that is on the people, especially on the young people, they're facing more challenge than ever. And that Satan has been more subtle than ever. He's not coming like a bomb so to drop on you, but he got a mental bomb drop on you day and night. He's not to just make them, uh, it seems like you don't have to go through, try to hide from the soldiers, the wars and everything. But then he brought in the spiritual warfare more intense than ever to come out of our young people. But God always have a cure for that. He always, uh, because of the message is always meet the challenge in this hour. And then uh, he, said, he said in the same message, he said, uh, so if we're trying to follow the message of the hour, or at least uh, this part of the message, we should live constantly in the life of Christ. And he provided a remedy for that. It's not an education for them. It's not a program for them. 
but it takes the life of Christ and not only just dip in there and then come out, constantly living, immersed, soaked yourself in the life of Christ. Which is the message of this hour. That is the Christ's own word that is coming to you. If you're living in that word, by soul, by your faith, keep believing it. Not just the mental knowledge, get to the education out of it. You're constantly in the life of Christ. And then in an invisible union, he said... But then the time that the people are ready to line up, he said, there is a message comes forth, and they lie with it. So when the people, we said, okay, the message of this hour is our remedy. That's the cure of it. But it has to take the attitude of the people to be changed toward it. That means that it comes to the time, he said, that the people are ready to line up. Line up what? Line up with the word. You're not hearing the word. You line up with the word. And, uh, you know, when you, you brothers, uh, you go to hunting. And if you miss just the little uh, the hair line. And the longer you shoot, shoot the bullet, then the farther away from the target. That's why you have to constantly line up your life with the Word. Not line up yourself with your church. Not line up yourself with the modern trend or whatever that is. Line up with the, what the Word of God has said. That's for your benefit. And he said when the people are ready to line up, then there is a message come forth. Then they line up with it. It takes you First, you must be ready to line up. If you're not ready to line up, no matter how the word has preached to you, you won't be lined up with it. It takes the attitude to change for the person said, Lord, I'm ready to line up with the word. Whatever your word said, no matter what cost it, no matter what I need to pay, I want to be lined up with the word of a God. You know, just take the example for the brother Caleb and the different brothers. You know, before they go into jail, God has to train them. God has to prepare them so that they line up with the word. And I remember one brother, one brother, uh, brother Ron and the brother uh, uh, Tom, they were there in China in uh, uh, just before, uh, that, that was 2008. So that's the last time uh, that we ever went back to China. And since then, the whole door was closed. So we cannot go back to it anymore. But in that meeting, now I, I witnessed uh, uh, the supernatural things that happened. Just, uh, you just can't believe your eyes. And we we're during the meeting. And um, uh, in one of the meetings, Brother Ronald, as he was uh, preaching, that he's... Uh, he was live, uh, while I was uh, just uh, keep praying, praying. I had a prayer line, and all of a sudden he stopped. He said, uh, "Oh, the spirit of God has left the building," and I never saw it, and nobody saw it, and we just said, "Well, there's still half of our congregation that hasn't been prayed for." But you know that the people get a, such a face, they just believe whatever the preacher has said is the message. It was a, we believe we want to line up with it. And just as he said that, later on we find out that there was a one boy about 14 years old. The, he doesn't understand one word of English. Just as the brother, brother Ronald left, 
Then he tapped on my shoulder. He said, Brother Murphy, he said, I saw the angel just from the, the pulpit just go all the way through the door and then disappeared. Just as at the same moment when they said, the Spirit of God has left. And God it was a, such a supernatural God. And it is bringing such an atmosphere to the, the people. People said, we don't need a prayer line. This is the word of a God. As it said, the rest of the people said, we just believe in what it said. And they got healed. They got delivered. Amen. And during the meeting like this, and about a hundred some people that are coming forward in the meeting. And while Brother, Brother Ron was the, the preaching, and the, the people from the house, uh, from the, there was a one, one old lady. And uh, she was literally crawling, hands on the feet, from all the way back, and coming to the, the pulpit. Because of the word, we started praying. And then the, she coming it over without saying a word. And it just coming up and scrubbed Brother Ron's uh, garment. And then she rejoiced. She went back, walking all the way back. She said, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. Amen. Are you ready to line up with the word? Not line up with your emotion. Not line up with, oh, do I love, just come on, let me feel it. Just, 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 just pray me one more time. Just let me go through this one more time. No, one is enough. Because their people has already, they said, I'm ready to line up with whatever the word of God has said. If the word of God has said, by his tribe I'm healed, then I'm healed. If the word of God has said, I give you your children, then that's to me, that's to finish the work. Because the people are ready to line up with every word as I said. And then when Brother Tom was there the preaching in one of the service, and as he was preaching in a way, he got a little napkin, and then he wept his, uh, his forehead, and he threw a napkin under the pulpit. And after the service is over, Brother Caleb just, just quietly coming up and take that napkin and put it in his pocket. I was wondering what he was doing. But later on, he shared it with the testimony just after we left. He said one the, in one of the meetings, when he was at the preaching, when we all left, that one a little young boy all of a sudden screaming in the top of his, his voice. And it was just bended it over. It's like a, something that was a sharp pain that's on his, on his uh, um, um, uh, uh, abdomen. Huh? Yeah, whatever. You understand that. That's my translator. After something sharp pinned on there, she just, he just cannot hold himself. He was just bending over screaming. And the brother Caleb was just a preaching. And then he, and the, just on the pulpit, he said, you know what? God is a brother Tom's God, but God is still my God. God is a brother Ron's God, but God is also my God too. It was a good to have a preacher coming over. It's a good to have a brother Ron coming over. It's good to have a brother Tom, brother Ed, a brother Harold coming over. But God is their God. He's your God as well. Amen. Amen. And he said, uh, if God is still the same God, he said, that's what we believe. The Word can do this. Then he takes uh, this a napkin that enters the pocket that a brother Tom has a weapon in the forehead. He go over there, lay hands on that little boy and prayed. And after the simple prayer, then come back, continue to pray. And then just in a few seconds, that boy says a pen left at him and he go back to play toy just like nothing happened. God is still the same God. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. Yeah. 
He's a their God. He's a your God too. It doesn't take the special preacher to bring God down. If God is your God, He's your God when you don't feel Him. He's your God when you don't have emotion. He's your God when you get sick. He's your God when everything is your contrary, but He's still your God. Because He's a personal God. But it takes the people when they're ready to line up with the Word of a God. When you lie ready, said the Lord, and no matter what cost, no matter what is after paid, Lord, I'm ready to line up with every word. Then Brother Abraham said in the same message, but do you notice when the people begin to try to lie with the word, there comes a fresh message from the word of a God right straight to the people. The work hasn't been done yet. Just by trying to line up with the word of a God. When you try and you realize something wrong. Something in my life needed a closer walk with the Lord. Something in my life I'm not in what I ought to be. But Lord, I'm ready to line up with the word of a God. Lord, it seems like that if the rapture happened, I'm not ready yet. But Lord, I'm trying to line up with the word of a God. Young people, if you can catch this, this will be your secret. It's not how much work you can put forth. As long as you're trying to line up with the word. Then God will send a fresh message. Not to the general, but to you specifically. Because it's a personal God. Because in you, you said, I'm ready to line up with the word. Lord, my life need a closer walk. Lord, something done in my life. I've been hiding it to my parents. I've been hiding it to the church. But Lord, I cannot hide it from you. I want to line up with the word of a God. Amen. When you're trying, then God send a personal, fresh message to you. Amen. And that message to you give you the power to line up with the word of a God. Because just by you, you cannot do it. Just by your, oh, I try to do this, I try to, your trying doesn't work. But you have to be dissolved, resolved, that in your heart, said, Lord, I'm ready to line up with the word. Thank God send a fresh message to you. But Abraham said, in the possessing all things, is that when a sinner can see that you don't have to sin. A lot of people, they sin because they have to sin. That's a pitiful shape when you, see, when you say you have to sin. But when you realize that you don't have to sin anymore. There is a people that just stand up and curse and laugh in your face. And call you an idiot and everything else. They're a willful sinner. See, then there is no hope for them. But that man who does something constantly, they don't want to do it. I think that's how to apply to some of our people. It seems like they just have no power to overcome that thing. It seems like something that was in their life, they just tried it time after time, but they couldn't get rid of it. He said he steals, he don't want to steal. He lies and he don't want to. He does things he doesn't want to do. 
He don't want to be a sinner. There is a hope for him. If you can let him see what is the truth. Some of you, you have a hope. Don't think that, oh, I'm hopeless. You know, I've been dealing, trying to deal with this for a long time. But it seems just to never work. It worked. It just needed. He said that there is a hope for him. If you can let him see what's the truth. What is the truth? The truth is you are son and daughter of God. Amen. You are his gene. Amen. You are his attribute. Though he not manifested yet, but you're still his attribute. No matter how you feel like you're, you're not there yet, but you're still his jinn. You're still his daughter. You're still his son. He said, come up to God's promise and lay your face on that. And walk it out there to the enemy. He just simply can't hold it no longer. That's all because it's yours. You know, you don't have to sin. You don't have to keep that thing that has been bothering you, has been uh, torture you day in and day night. Because you are a child of a God. You have a right to overcome that. You have a power to overcome that. Sin shall not have a dominion over you. Used to be sin tell you to do, you can do it. But in your heart, when you don't want it, that means that you are a child of a God. Because a child of a God don't love sin. It doesn't mean child of a God don't make mistakes, don't fall, don't stumble. Child of a God don't like sin. Child of a God hates sin. That itself shows that you are son and daughter of a God. Because of the world, the people in the world, they don't even, they don't even give up one bit of time for that. They love sin. They love drink. They love smoke. They love pornography and all of that. But you hate it. That itself shows that you are the gene of God. And if Satan has robbed you of the privilege of being a son or a daughter of a God, we have a right this morning by the Holy Spirit to enforce the claim of a God. Say so to bring them back. That power lays in you if you're ready to line up with the word. If he has afflicted you and made you sick, we have a right before God to enforce the law of God. By his stripes, we are healed. Burn him back. Turn him loose. You're taking him out there under death. And we claim him. Bring him back now. That's the enforcement. Restore it back to his natural condition again. A man is sick. Baby is sick. Woman is sick. They are out of their natural condition. Then we have a right to enforce our claim. Not our claim. It's our claim because God given it to us. It's not you try to randomly verbally some word and say, I claim, I claim. No, God gave you the right. That is your legal right to claim everything belongs to you. You said, I'm an heir of all things. How do you get it? Something you done? No, sir. 
It's an unmerited gift that God given us. And it's ours, it belongs to us. It's mine. Laid it down. Said, Amen. Glory. I like that. Satan, you laid it down. You took it from me, you give it back. Because I'm serving notice to you. I've got a notice written right here on the word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but this notice shall not. That power, give it to every believer. No matter how wicked as you feel you are, but God gives that to you. When you're ready to line up with the word, to put down your own thoughts, your own idea about it, then God sent a fresh message to you. Then it said the invisible unit, he said there was only one thing could do it. That would be God coming down himself and took your place in the form of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and to wash you by the water. Of the washing of the water by the word. The word, not the denomination. The word washed you. You mind if I take off my jacket? This is my first time I ever take off my coat. It's just getting warm here. I don't know if Hamilton can be so warm. <laughs> he said that it's the word washed you. But if you won't stand in the word of the word, the water of the word, how you are going to be washed? When you're ready to line up, God give you a personal message. And when you have that word, it's the word washing you. Washing take time. Amen. You're just standing there long enough. The washing will take its place. But the unfortunate thing, people, they don't stand long enough. So that the message of the prophet to wash that person. Then he said, what is the sin? Sin is unbelief. Unbelief in what? The word. Unbelief in God, which is the word. Just one thing can wash you. Your determination cannot wash you. Your good willing cannot wash you. Your good intention cannot wash you. Actually, Brother Bram said that the way to hell is paved with a good intention. But it's the word that is washing you. What do you think you are here doing day and night, day and night, Sunday morning, Sunday night? You are that, you're standing there, that the word of God washing you. As I said in this morning, the, the, the earthquake, when they're not prepared for it, when the big earthquake will come, there's everything crumble. But God gave this as a message for the bigger earthquake than ever. It's not a making it for now, but it's this message is making for your body change. As long as you keep believing it, that body change belongs to you. He said that the life of God ends in the Word. And the Word was a blessing for you, that you might be washed from the filth of these prostitutes and be cleaned and sanctified by the washing of the Word, water of the Word, and make your mind and heart stay on God and on His Word. Why can you stay your mind? Uh, why can you let your heart stay on God and His Word? Because you're not washed by the Word. If you are constant at washing by the word, you could stay your mind, your heart on the word. Because there's nothing else that you can think about. Everything you think about is the God's word. 
That's the reason we keep that word washing us. As I said it again, not just a mental, uh, mental thing, but you keep believing the word. Keep believing the, the word. When you keep believing, the word started washing you. The word started changing you. Then you will find out your whole mind and heart just focus on word. Whenever situation rises up, the first thing you ask, is it according to the word? Whatever the things that are coming up, you ask, what is the word has said it about? Because you have been washing by the word of a God. He said, that's the reason you were, you were born an adulteress. You are a sinner to begin with. He said, uh, that's right. You was deceived into it. He said, it ain't your fault. You never did it. Because of that little germ that was in you was to be you. God doesn't even count it that what have you done wrong as it belongs to you. But he said, the little germ that was in you, that's a real you. And that real you and real me believe the word of a God. Though this body is deteriorating. Though this body gave me a lot of a problem. But in that heart of the heart, in that germ, in that gene, that gene always believes God's word. That gene has never sinned. That gene was a come from God and he will go back to God. That gene was a coming from a for coming from a God, buried in this body, but he's coming out, start to manifest, taking this body under subjection. It's that gene that is in you, that desire that's in you, is a desire to line up with the word of God. And then the brother Abraham said, that germ that was in you at the beginning found you. It's in the same uh, uh, invisible union. It's the germ that's in you that finds you. How he finds you? Because the inside of the inside, in that germ, that germ desire for God. If I ask uh, who's uh, desiring for God, I think everybody can raise up their hand. Is that a here desiring for God? No. Is it a here desiring No. It's the here that you're desiring for God. That shows that you have that gene and the germ of God living inside of you. When that germ, when that gene lives inside of you, then you can claim everything that a God has given to you. Because he wouldn't give his uh, promise to just uh, uh, not the gene of God. He gave every promise that in the word to his children. And when you have that gene living in you, then Satan can have nothing to do about you. He might be can do some work on the outside. He might be can tempt you. He can make you stumble. But he has nothing to do with that germ that's living inside of you. As Jesus has said, we quoted the scripture. Jesus has said, he said, Hereafter, I will not talk much with you. For the prince of this world cometh and has nothing in me. Let me read it another version of it. He said, I will not talk with you much more. For the prince, evil, genius, ruler of the world is coming. If you talk about a genius, Satan is a genius. 
He knows every science. He knows everything that uh, you, you can ever even imagine. But that's the genius of evil. And in this, in this, uh, uh, in this uh, translation, it said, uh, and he has uh, no claim on me. Let me read it again. He has no claim on me. Claim means something belongs to you. If there's something belongs to you, if I drop this, I can claim it because that's mine. If I drop my Bible, I can claim it. I can't claim yours because this is my Bible. I can claim it. But if he said uh, he has no claim on me, that means that there's nothing in me belongs to him. That's why he can't claim. And listen, he said he has no claim on me. He has nothing in common with me. In other words, there's no resemblance. Devil, there's no resemblance whatsoever between you and me. Between him and Jesus, there's not even one bit of a resemblance. There's no likeness. If there's no likeness in Jesus, there's no likeness in you. Between you and Satan. Because God said, I created you according to my image. He has nothing in common with me. Satan, I have no common things with you. The things that you like, I don't like. The things that you think it is good, I don't think it is good. The things that you think is beautiful, I hate it. Why? Because I'm a gene of God. Because I'm a seed of God. I have no common with him. He said he has nothing in common with me. There's nothing in me that belongs to him. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus said, there's nothing in me belongs to you. That's why you cannot even claim me. You cannot claim my soul. You cannot claim my spirit. Because I put my spirit subject under the word of God. And he said, you cannot even claim my body. Because of my body, I laid it down. And I have a right to pick it up again. There's nothing belongs to you. Even Jesus can see that. The gene of God can see that too. Satan, you have nothing in me. The soul doesn't belong to you. That gene of it belongs to God. If it comes from God, it will go back to God. You said, oh, my mind in the battle. My mind in the warfare. But guess what? The word of the inside of you bring your mind under control. It said, not take your mind, but let the mind of Jesus Christ be in you. Amen. What is it? That gin taking the force said, Satan, we have no common ground. There's no fellowship between you and me. I subject my whole self under the word of God. That's why the mind doesn't belong to you. The mind is a battle, yes, but it doesn't belong to Satan. And this body doesn't belong to them either. Because when I born again, I gave my heart to the Lord. He brings a body under subjection. That body belongs to God. That body don't want to go the place that God don't want to go. The body don't take that God don't want to take. The Satan want to go here, I want to go here. The body doesn't belong to him. The body belongs to Jesus Christ. 
I know the bodies are deteriorating, but God said, one day I will bring the body change on you. If you believe in me, even you're dead, I will resurrect you. There's nothing in me that belongs to him. Thus, he has no power over me. Let's not only say about Jesus. Let's talk about, let's say that about you too. The reason is, when Jesus was nailed on the cross, you were in him. That's what the prophet said. You were in him in the gene form. You were in him as an attribute. And when he nailed on the cross, he paid the price. Let me slowly get into this. This body doesn't belong to him at all. This gene, for sure, doesn't belong to him. But Jesus Christ, we were in the gene form that in Christ. If Jesus has no sin, what if one of his gene got a sin? That ruins the whole body. One sin, one germ backslide, it brings cancer. If there's a one gene that in Jesus Christ had a defect in it, the whole body has a defect. But thank God in that gene, in that body, there's a no defect. Because if the one gene sin, the whole body will be affected by it. But Jesus, he paid the price. If there's no gene inside of a Jesus, has a, has a wrong, has a sin whatsoever. Because when he paid the price, he paid the price for the whole body of Jesus Christ. If there's no sin in him, there's no sin in you. Because you are the gene of God. That's why Satan, he cannot claim him because there is nothing in him has a common that with him with satan there's a nothing for for satan when jesus said when he was uh, just before he's uh, nailed on a cross he quoted a scripture he said you will not leave my soul in hell neither will i suffer thy holy one to see corruption that's the word he bases his faces on when he bases the face it on, and he come to claim that word, and that word belongs to him, and that word resurrected in him. But Satan cannot claim it, because Satan has nothing in him to line up with the word of God. But you can claim it. You can claim every promise of God, because as a gene of God, as the attributes of God, every promise belongs to you. That word belongs to Jesus so that he can claim. And then the word, every promise in the Bible, all belongs to you so you can claim too. Satan can claim nothing in Jesus. Neither can he claim anything that in the gene of God. Because in God's gene... In Jesus, 
Who can accuse me of sin? In another word, who can accuse me of unbelief? There's no unbelief in Jesus Christ. If there's no unbelief in Jesus Christ, would I be safe to say there's no gene in Jesus Christ has unbelief in them either? Because if the one has it, as I said, it was like a cancer. It would affect the whole body. Jesus, there's no sin that is in him. There's no unbelief that is in him. Thus, there's no unbelief in the gene of God. Because he is the word. And uh, if Jesus is the word... His gene is to be the word too. If Jesus is the, God is the word, become a flesh. Then we are the flesh, become the word. And if he is the word, there's no unbelief in him. We ask the word, there's no unbelief in us either. Because we're attributes of Jesus Christ. And if Jesus, he overcomes Satan by belief on the word of a God. And we overcome Satan by believing on the word of a God. As I said, the Roman said, we were in him. God has never separated the bride and the bridegroom yet. We were in Christ in what form? In the gene form. You're in him as a germ. You're in him as an attribute. If he overcome Satan with we as a gene form in him and now we're not in the gene form anymore you're not in the attribute form anymore you are in the reality you have been manifested it's not your mom or dad give you the birth but God give you the birth you've been born again by believing the word you were then in gin form, but now you are in the reality. You were then as an attribute, but now you are God's children manifested. If you overcome, if he overcomes Satan when you are in the gin form, how much more we can overcome him in the reality? As an attribute. We cannot heal. As an attribute, you cannot cast out demon. As an attribute, you cannot pray for a sick to sit him or rise up. That time you were in attribute form. But when Jesus was resurrected, when the Jesus was the, the spear, this is piercing through, and him and the blood of the drip, his blood has come on the earth. But remember, we are his germ. We are his gin. But now we're starting to manifest it. Then we cannot cast out demon, but now you can cast out demon. Then we cannot lay hands on people, pray for the sick, because we're in gin form, but now we're in a reality. All we do is manifest what has been already in Jesus Christ. What he has been doing that in Jesus Christ, and now we're only in the reality that are doing it. Amen. But Satan cannot claim nothing because there's nothing 
belongs to in him. By born again, then God gave us an, uh, another nature. Your desires are changed. Your nature is different than before. It's what it has been in the gym. Now it's come to the reality. Now it's come manifested. That's why you don't smoke. That's why you don't drink. That's why you hate those things that uh, worldly people uh, consider entertainment, but you have nothing to do with it. And then, do we have a temptation? Yes. Do we still, still live on this earth? Many times you will find out Satan all the time coming back to tempting you. The things that has, you had used to do, you don't do it no more, but it doesn't say that it won't tempting you no more. It doesn't say the things that you used to have, it doesn't bother you anymore. Those things still bother you. You know why? Because Satan come to claim you. He said, you used to smoke. I'm coming to make you smoke again. He said, you used to do this. I'm coming to do, let you to do this again. You do this, you do that. He's constantly coming back, try to claim you. But you see, Jesus said, I have no common ground with him. He has no claim on me because there's nothing inside of here that belongs to him. That's why when Satan comes to reclaim on you, you can stand on your ground. Say, Satan, get behind me because there's nothing that belongs to you. He said, you used to drink, but I don't drink no more. You used to smoke, I don't smoke no more. Every time when he comes to claim, he finds there's nothing in there that he can claim. The smoke cannot claim you. The drinking cannot claim you. The lust cannot claim you because God has cleaned you up. Jesus said, there's nothing in me. You can also say the same thing. Satan you have nothing in me. There's nothing you can claim. Why? Because you want to line up with every word of God. And how can I overcome? Christ spoke of an elected people for the last day. It would have deceived the very elected if it were possible. So close. The people so live, people can live a clean, holy life, not be sinful, adulterers and drinkers, liars and gamblers. They can live above that and still not with it. Sometimes that put, put us into the condemnation. But you have to read what is the, carefully what is said over here. They can live above that, but still not with it. With what? They don't have the word. They don't have that agenda living inside of them. That's why when Satan come, though they're clean up, Satan can still claiming that inside of them because it belongs to them. But you are different. You are different because the inside doesn't belong to him. Inside that gene seed belongs to God. That's why when Satan come to claim it, you can literally say, Satan, there's nothing in here that belongs to you. Satan can still claim those people, though they can live a clean life. Because their inside of their gene doesn't have a desire to line up with the word in this hour. 
But in you, you have that desire, wants to, and ready to line up with every word of God. That's the difference between you and those people. Because the inside of you has a God's gene living in there. If there's a God seed living in there, God seed only feed on the word of God. God seed only love the word of God. When Satan comes to claim, he got nothing to claim. He is bound. Because of whatever he come, he tried to knock on the door. Nobody in there. The old person is dead. Now I live with a new person, drive him out of it. Satan is hopeless and helpless. He cannot do anything about you. Why? Because he's a bide. He has no power to work. Let me bring this point here. You've been given the power to bind Satan. If you read to the message of the paradox of Brother Brandon, we're talking about uh, the mamba. Do you remember that? That vision and the mamba, they tried to strike him, tried to strike him. And then the God said to him, they said, you've been given power to bind and unbind. He had the power to bind Satan. The power gave it to him, the same power that he gave it to us too. It might be have the, it has the, oh, it have the difference of the quantity, but there was no difference of the quality. It's just like a little drop of the ocean compared with the whole ocean. But God still gave it authority to you. But when we talk about the bind the devil, many times we're thinking we just cast him out. We bind him. We don't, we don't want you to. The, but you see, there's another form of a binding him. To bind devil doesn't mean to annihilate him. Is that clear? The annihilation only come when he was thrown into the lake of fire. But as long as we're on this earth, then Satan is still on this earth. So bind him doesn't mean to annihilate him. Bind him simply just making him cannot move freely. It's like a prisoner. Those are brothers and in China, they were bind. But they still have a certain friend in their cell. They still can talk. They still can do things. They still have to work. They still have, they're just lost their freedom. It's not means that they're killed. It's not means that they're sentenced to death. Satan, when we talk about a bind him, it doesn't mean that you are knighted to get rid of him. It doesn't exist in your life anymore. He's still there. But he's a bind. That means he doesn't have a freedom to move wherever he wants to go or do whatever he wants to do. So he lost the freedom to do whatever he wants to do to you. But God controls him. I want you to do this, Satan. You put my children that are in the prison, but in that prison, I have some son and daughter of a God still need to hear this gospel. That's God's binding him. You hold the chain to bind him. He doesn't, he doesn't have a, the ability. He doesn't have the, the power to God's children. If you remember in the book of Revelation, they said, uh, I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. So 
And he lay hold on the dragon, an old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Satan was bound a thousand years during the millennium. There is an angel got a big chin that in him. But that's not what the prophet said. He said that the chin is a chin of circumstances. It's not that the chin of a law, law chin try to bind him, but it's the chin of circumstances. That circumstances literally bind Satan. Though he's still there, but he cannot move freely. Though he's still there, but he cannot move efficiently. His desire wanted to destroy, but he got nothing that he can do. Because he was bind by the circumstances. And Brother Bramah said, all of the subject was in hell. And then he said, all that was resurrected on earth was redeemed. And Jesus' wisdom, he couldn't work on nothing. In another word, he cannot have something that he can work with. Because of the millennium, everybody was saved. The people was redeemed. He got no evil one that he can work on. Thus, he was bind. Let me read it further on. Then he said, Brother Bram said that the church that's on earth is redeemed. At that time, is right in the presence of Christ. So he has nothing he can work on. So it is not a chain, as I said, a log chain. It's a chain of circumstances. He has nothing that he can do. He is helpless and hopeless. Don't have to wait till millennium to bind him. You bind him right at this moment. Because he got nothing that he can work on. Tell Satan the circumstances has changed. It used to belong to you, but now belong to God. Used to be Satan is my owner, but Jesus Christ now is my owner. Satan, you're just a squatter, but my original master has coming home. That binds Satan. He got no circumstance that he can work with. When he bring drink on you, it doesn't work. Because I don't drink anymore. There's no desire in me to follow that. When it brings smoke, there's no smoking spirit in me. There's no desire for it. When it brings lust, there's no lust in there. When every time when Satan comes, you bind him by what? By no giving him no circumstances. He has nothing to work with. He has nothing in me. He has nothing that is it in you. Because by born again, by the new birth, the whole circumstances has changed. Thus he was a bind. In a crisis, the mystery of God revealed. He said, because of Christ, how do you know? Because you're a church member? Because of Christ is living through you. So pretty so pregnant with his spirit that you are a prisoner to anything else. You are confined, oh my, to the gospel, confined to the word. And all the children that you can bring forth is that because you are a prisoner. Amen. It was just a soul bless me when Brother Caleb said, he said, when I was in the prison, not even one moment I was thinking I'm a prisoner. 
He said, not even one moment I thinking there, please. He said, I'm going there. I'll just take my chest out. I'm witnessing to people. He said, I was constantly telling the people about Jesus Christ and doing everything that I could do. And even the police afterward. And just one day before he was released, the police said to him, I said, you know, Caleb, he said, I never saw anybody like you. He said, uh, it seems like you're very solid. He said, I'm pretty sure you go out are going to do the same thing again. <laughs> you know, can you come to the time that Satan don't know what to do about you? He was a helpless and hopeless. As the brother Brandon said, why? Because there is no circumstance that he can work with. Though he was in prison, but there's nothing that Satan can claim. Even the police said, I know you're going to do what you're going to do. Oh, are we thankful to the message. That word produced that kind of a life. That word not only produced a life in them, that word can produce a life in you. It's the same word that they believe in, the same word that you believed. He said, you can, you can commit adultery. You're already pregnant. Glory, he can't take a hold. The womb of a life is close to anything else. You are already his by predestination. That seed has come to life. No world can get in. When you receive the word, when you have that new birth, the Holy Spirit is living in you. Nothing else can get into you. Satan has no claim on you. And as soon as the life-giving flow, the seed laying there, other seed that just wouldn't, that just wouldn't come in, wouldn't take a hold. Just couldn't do it like. But when the seed come in, quickly it stopped up the womb. All the rest of the seed was drove out like that. When you receive the seed word of a God, all the rest of the seed was drove out. Your womb of a faith was closed. There's nothing else can come in. You are sealed. Satan has nothing in you. Let me bring this too close. The prince of this world has come, but he has nothing in me. The prince of this world has come, Jesus said, but he has uh, no claim on me. I have no common ground with him. He has no power over me. He binds that Satan in so much that Satan don't know what to do about him. But there is a prince from another world that come to this world can claim you. When the prince of this world has nothing to claim you, the reason is because of the prince from another world. He come, he came, has already claimed you. As I said in the beginning, he claimed what is rightfully belongs to him. You were from him as a gene. That's why he come to claim that rightfully belongs to him. That's why he bring the fresh message to you. 
Because it's only the gene of God inside of a person want to line up with every word of God. You think about the brother Bram talking about that the legion. That he was had a thousands of a devil is around him. And he uh, uttered the language of evil. He was a ferocious and break every chain when the people tried to lock him. The education chain cannot bind him. The career chain cannot bind him. The marriage chain cannot bind him. Nothing can hold him because he's wild. You know that the worldly program can never do anything to the believer. No matter how you try to use emotion, this and that, all the psychology or whatever, that can do nothing to change the person. It has to take the prince from another world to come to claim him and to change him. It has to take the prince from another world to change you. When that legion was in that condition, but Brother Benjamin said his soul was crying out. His body was a chained. His mentally gone. But Satan cannot claim that soul. Because he is still the seed of God. Satan can do anything, bind him, let him lose his mind. But even in that condition, when he was in that grave, Satan still cannot claim that soul, the living in the seed of God. But Abraham said, he cared, do you care? He said, he cared when a neurotic called a legion cared enough, under opposition, to wiggle out from under those tombstones of a devil and go out to meet Jesus. And throw himself a prostrate when legion, them devil, could have never come if legion hadn't have a push his way out there to meet him. You think those devil want to meet Jesus? Those demons, if they can control it, they will run. They will run this legion, possess the man out of the presence of Jesus Christ. But even legion, though he was in that condition, there is something inside of him still give him enough power, let him wiggle out of the tombstone. I can imagine those demons look at his legion, start to wiggle out. They said, what are you thinking you're doing? Get back! Get back! Back to where you were! But something that living in the legion Though the devils can control his body, but he couldn't control as a gin. He wiggled out of his tombstone. Under those demons that tried to bring him back. Because the bread of Bible said those devils would never come if Legion heaven pushes his way out there to meet him. It was something laid in that legion. And that a demon possessed a man that had given him enough power that he want to come out of that condition and go to meet Jesus. Why? Because of the one that can claim him has now arrived. He is the legal owner of that legion. He is the master of that legion. 
Though it is a whole life has been ruined, it seems like. His marriage life was ruined. His family life was ruined. But inside of him, still there's the gene of God laid in there. And I'm not a prince of this world that has nothing in Jesus. But the prince from another world, when he comes to claim his own, because of this legion, though possessed with a demon, he's still the property of Jesus Christ. By himself, he cannot overcome none of those demons. But that gene living inside of this legion, that he recognized his master is coming back. That's why he pushed away out. You, see, you have to think this. While he was coming out, his mouth still uttering evil words. His body has no sign that he was a, he was a, a sobering person. And in his mind, he was still lost in his mind. But that gene has such a power, it dragged all those 5,000 demons out of the tombstone. If we're talking about the dry bones, can they live again? They asked the son of a man, asked the prophet Ezekiel, can a dry bone live again? And the prophet said, Lord, you know. And I said, hear ye, dry bone. And when they prophesied it again, and then the flesh started to come, and the sinew started to come. He said, hear ye, O dry bone. Then the breath started to come. Even the dry bone comes to such a dryness, but it still have a hearing ability. The dry bone comes to the point he loses all flesh, everything resembling to a living person. But even in that dry bone, still have a hearing ability. No matter how dry you seem that you are, no matter how dry your children seem to are, they might be as frail as like there's no living signs that's living in them, but that dry bone can still hear the word. Prophesy it again, and it will come to life. That's the God given power to our parents. That's God given authority to every one of us. The dry bone, no matter how dry they are, they can still hear the word of God. The legion, no matter how we were, the backward seems like, but his master has arrived. His illegal owner has come to claim that his rightfully belongs to him. Sometimes we feel like a we're, feel, we're like that the legion has been coming to the point that we don't know what to do. And we don't know what to the, the situation we're going to come out of. But if that late legion, he is the seed of God, just like anyone of us is the seed of God. And he has it an ability that in him, though on the outside it doesn't show. But there is a gene of God living inside of him. And he cried into his soul. Remember, said maybe just one moment, that in a moment of the time, he come back to himself. 
And then right away, those demons are dragging him back to the tomb, to the graveyard of it again. But even in that moment, and his soul, he started crying out to Jesus. That voice, though not from his mouth, doesn't from his mind, but I have cried from his soul, caught Jesus' attention. I wonder if some of our children, I wonder if some of us, it's not a crying with your mouth. It's not that it's just thinking in your mind, but a crying down in the deeps, deeps of your soul. So, Lord, I want to line up with the word of God. Lord, I've been rolling in the darkness, rolling in the mud, in the world that are lonely enough. I want to line up with the word of God. I feel that I was like that in Legion. Just day in and the day out, living a double life. I come to the church and I dress up like a young man or a young girl, but going on home do the things that I even myself hate that I'm doing. You're that legion. But even that legion, he got something inside of him. He know his time has come. He know that it is a master, that his original owner has already come to his rescue. Let us stand. As we bow our head. Jesus has said, the prince of this world has come. But he has nothing in me. He has no claim on me. But that the prince from another world, also has come. And he said to you, you're my property. I'm your rightful owner. I'm your legal owner. All the rest of the people, they have no, nothing they can own you. The demon doesn't own you. Satan himself doesn't own you. The world doesn't own you. But you have a master that you belongs to him. The reason is, because in the heart of a heart, you are the gene of a God. That's why you're desiring for Him. Sometimes you come to the point, you say, Lord, it seems like I'm never going to reach you. I've been coming to the church year after year after year. But Lord, I know I haven't got that new birth. Lord, I know there's something in me. I'm not in what I ought to be. As we bowed our head. I just wonder if there's any people, if there's any, no matter young or old, you feel that you like that illusion. Things that have bothered you, things that are in your life has beset to you, has wrapped you around, and you try to get rid of it, you didn't, it just a tighten, it just the wrap of Satan become tighter and tighter. Do you realize? The prince of another world has come. He come to claim you. And you can also be released. Just like that legion to be released. If you have come to the point, no matter how many years that you've been in the church, no matter how many years you claim to be believer in the message, but if there's anything that's in your life, has been bothers you day in and day out 
Sometimes the demons have tormented you. Sometimes it's a depression demon that had come and when you're alone and it tried to just tortures you. Why don't you just take it tonight as a night and say, Lord, release me, Lord. Lord, Satan has no claim on you. Satan has no claim on me. I have no common ground with him. But Lord, you can claim every part of my life as we dedicate our whole life to him. Dear Jesus, this is your precious people, Lord. As we bow our head, Lord, as you've been dealing that with myself, Lord, I'm sure you're dealing with your children too, Lord. Lord, I just pray, not just prayed as a common man, Lord. Lord, I'm a pray as a son of a God. Lord, all the ministers and brothers have been pray as a son of a God. All the parents have been pray as a son and daughter of a God. Lord, we pray for the prodigal to come home. Lord, some of the prodigals, they're maybe still in the church. Some prodigals, they might not in the world. But Lord, they've been sitting in the church and they live as a prodigal. Lord, I just pray you, let the Lord, who has a release of the legion, that the same prince that are from another world, across the sea, that are coming over to this congregation, Lord, release those legion bound people. Lord, if a people has been tortured and tormented by those dark spirit, Vitals of depression or whatever that spirit is his name is. Lord, tonight be the night that you release those of the legion has been tormented. God has committed all the children of God into your hand. Lord, if there's any man has been tortured, has been banned by lust, by the things that are in the world. That whatever habits that have been bothered to them, Lord, that tonight be a night that Jesus Christ crossed the sea that come for the rescue of that legion. We thank you, Lord. How we thank you that we know we're the children of God. How we thank you that we know that we are the gene of God. Satan has no common with us. And he has no claim on us because we belongs to you. Lord, we look past what is the flesh can do. But Lord, we look it inside that we know, that we know that we are the children of God. We're the attributes of a God. And coming to God, coming from God, and it's going to come back to God. Lord, we give you all the thanks and glory. Lord, I commend that as a precious people that are into your hand. Lord, may your spirit continually move. Lord, even when I left, Lord, I want to go home. Lord, you still let the spirit of a God that move in this congregation, move into the children of a God. Lord, just bring your children to a new level, a closer walk with you. Lord, and if there's anybody that needs to be saved, let them realize that tonight it can be the night that it made it a whole difference in their life. They can never be the same if they receive the Jesus Christ into their heart. God, let this happen, Lord. 
The word has been said. Let it be done. With us and in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I don't know if you know this song, All My Life. Uh, we sing that all the time in our church. I don't know if you... All my life I've been... You've been faithful. No? Sorry. Okay. That's the true song. Let's just uh, sing another anchor hold. Then before I give the service to Brother Ed, let's just sing it all together. The anchor holds. Yeah. Oh, that anchor holds. Sometimes when you're under the sea, you're on a ship, and it seems like the storm just rising up on every side of the ship. But if that anchor you reach into the veil, if that anchor has hold on the solid rock, no matter what, va what wave come, no matter how storm is raging, but that storm cannot overcome that sheep. If we have put our anchor just in the Word of God, no matter what storm come, no matter how high the wave it is, but when your anchor is anchor in the Word, in this hour, it always holds. Let's uh, sing that again, that anchor holds. Hold it anchor. song to be like Jesus to be like Jesus oh to be like Jesus is that your desire let's just sing all together Jesus
still a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word is still that straight message that the prophet has echoed and has ministered. It still is echoing today. What this generation is, needs to hear is to hear it straight. What I need to do is to hear it straight. That fresh message from God. My, what a wonderful word. Did you enjoy the word tonight? How many are thankful to hear it straight? God bless you, Brother Murphy. There's a quote we've heard in this, from this pulpit many years. And Brother Murphy touched on part of it. But it's from, from that same message, Invisible Union. And Brother Branham would type the spiritual woman with the natural woman. And he would say, when you see women going on the, rapture, on the rampage, then you see the church doing the same thing. But he said, you watch that spiritual bride. When she begins to have a revival, she begins to come back and line herself up with the word. I believe God is speaking to us. He spoke to us tonight. He spoke to us today. He spoke to ministers. He spoke to husbands and wives. He spoke to young people. Friends, I believe that there's a desire. We, we don't identify with what Satan's trying to do to us. Trying to, but that seed on the inside. I don't want to be like the world. I want to be like Jesus. Is that really your desire inside? Oh my Let's, let's let that reign and rule in our lives. Let that be first and foremost. Oh my. Lord, you reign and rule. You reign and rule. Lord, you reign and rule. Reign and rule over me. Lord, you reign and rule. Reign
If I could just say, allow the word that was ministered today, even tonight, allow that to be on your heart and on your mind as you go home, as you go to bed, as you wake up in the morning. Lord, I, I, I want to line up with everything you say. You know, there was a, just before COVID, my wife and I, we were in Florida and we went on a little kayak trip in what they call the mangrove. There's, there's, there's these trees that, that are on the salt water and there are these mangroves and there's these paths and, and the guide took us through and, and then he pointed out these trees, they live in salt water and they're in salt water and the salt would actually cause the tree to die over time. But the tree, the life in the tree has an ability. And he, he said, do you see that yellow leaf that's there? The tree has an ability to let the death that would kill the whole tree to translate into that branch. And just that branch and that leaf dies so that the rest of the tree can live. Now you think about the body that you're a part of. You are in Christ from the beginning of the foundation of the earth. He predestinated you. He saw you not just to, to be a part, but to be a part of Him. And He took the part of death for us that we might live. That's the seed gene that was in us. That Prince, of the, Christ was born to destroy the works of the enemy. We are a part of that promise. Oh, I don't want him to have any part in me. I say, Lord, whatever it is, if I, if I got to put my phone aside, if I've got to put, you know, YouTube aside, if I got to, if that's what's hurting you, just put it aside. Line up with it. Don't give the enemy an opportunity. You know your weak spot. I know mine. You know the spot you have to keep covered all the time. But oh, let the life of God rule in us. I feel like that, that was just wonderful. That, let's let that dwell. Let, let the word not return void. But let it bring forth what God would desire. Oh, Christian soldier, pick up your weapon. Oh, Christian soldier, pick up your weapon, let's fight the battle.